Hello, friends, and welcome once again to uh, the latest episode of The Intellectuals. I am your co-host, Tony, and with me always is... Mr. Balls. <laughs> Mr. Balls. Mr. Nicky Balls. Okay. So uh, we took a we took a break last week, Nick. We didn't we didn't put out a show. What happened? I know. I feel like a, a gaping emptiness is inside me. I don't know. Yeah. We you know we didn't I send you that message earlier in a, in a week like that was like two weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, we should do something this weekend to fill the gap. And then uh, we sort of ignored each other, which is like well, you know, other. life happens. Uh, life happens. But we're gonna make it up to everybody yes. or our amazing listeners. We have a great show today. Uh, we have with us the amazing. Jeremy Mulder, who is just one of my favorite people in the whole world. It, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even kidding. Whenever I whenever I think of this man, whenever I see this man, whenever like uh, any kind of whimsical thing happens in the universe, <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's partly uh, involved. And and he was gracious right. enough to uh, to join us on our show today. And we're going to learn all about him and all of his amazing things. So please welcome to the show, the great Jeremy yes. Mulder. Welcome, Jeremy. Really great to be here, guys. Um, oh my god! Really great, Jeremy. Uh, uh, we know you from uh, from Burning Man uh, world, which which Nick and I haven't really talked about much. Nick is a is a couple of time burner. Nick, how many times have you yeah. gone? Twice. I've gone twice. That's cute. Yep. That's cute. I've gone five times. <laughs> I'm also cute because Jeremy. How many times have you gone? I- I'm pushing ten, I think. <laughs> yeah that's wow. when you stop being cute uh when you get yeah. to do- <laughs> so that's right so yeah so you know I, I know you through tal who is our like venn diagram of all great things the great tal Ariel. that's right and uh and i probably met you at like some event from uh, from decadent you know um and uh actually the first the first time that i met you was not directly through you but it was because the first time i met it was the first time i met um annie and and she was uh, she was at one of Tal's Enchanted Canyon magical things, and literally my first interaction with her is she told me to sing the sax solo in uh, Careless Whisper um, while she played the ukulele <laughs> while she was sitting on a tree. Wow, brilliant! Wow. And uh, is, yeah, and I was like, all right, amazing. sure, I'll do that. And uh, and that was her, and I, and then I I realized she was married to you, and then I said hello to you, and then and then wow, and here you are. I love that, Tony. I know uh, the Enchanted Canyon. I believe that was Tall Ariel's uh, Burning Man. Right. Were you outside of Burning Man? Did you perform? Uh, Did you perform well, at that let's one? See. Do you remember let's, that? Let's give props where they're due. I performed like you performed, right? I am Annie's partner, so. Uh, she performs and then on cue without telling you is like, now it's your turn, <laughs> right? Right. And so then yeah. you perform. So I think I was probably standing under the tree, probably dressed in something very tree colored. So I would blend in as she stood out. Uh, but then periodically she'd turn to me and be like, careless whisper. You know, Tony's not here. You got to do it. Um, and so, yeah. And that, it actually goes that way. Uh, I, I signed up for that, leaned into it, played in her band. Tall was in it as well. And right. uh She's like famous for just being so talented. And then Absolutely. she'll turn to you and be like, oh, you know that song that we never practiced and you've probably never heard before? We're doing that one next. And I'm like, I'm barely holding it together on stage here. Um, <laughs> yeah. The first like She's... 50 times I played with her, people would be like, that was a great show to me afterwards. And I was like, just checking to make sure I'm not like in the fetal position on the floor having passed out. <laughs> And they're like waking me up, um, right? But after a while, you just like get swept in the magic, and it's pretty yeah. outstanding. 
And and you played the bass in her band, and I was surprised to know that you didn't actually know how to play the bass uh, until like an adult. You learned how to play it totally because because why not? Uh, right? Wow. Yeah. I'm a, I'm yeah. a big like uh, channel everything through excitement. So I was I was excited that I didn't know how to play. Uh, and, and like I think right. you know like all of us, the intimidation of a musical instrument or all those people that speak a language that maybe I don't. Um, it, it like spurred me on. And I remember thinking, I, w- I wish I would have started this when I was a little kid. And the really, the, the next thought <laughs> out of my head was I'll be glad I started today. And that's just kind of how I approach so many things. So I'm a big fan of the right. Venn diagram, as you mentioned before, what are two things I can stack up and do at the same time is sort of right. a little voice in my head. Um, and Annie and I had a, a child, our son dash, um, he, you know, our, our Burning Man experiences, right. I'm up to 10. He's nine, so he's been to a bunch, but... Uh, Whoa! Uh, yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Um, but I figured out that doing the daddy thing, strapping him to me and walking around San Francisco in the middle of the night when he wasn't sleeping was the perfect time to spend time with him and then to also put a little base around the both of us. And that's how I found mm-hmm. my practice time. Um, and so he was always... Wow. So you walk around San Francisco with, with, and you walking around with a bass guitar... And you had an unusual bass guitar, if I remember. What, what was unusual about Good it? Good memory. It was-, uh, it, it was a ukulele bass. So the U bass, right? <laughs> In the, uh, we, lo- we love to shorten everything and smash things together. So the U and, and U bass. Yeah, but- uh-huh. Uh- that's right, because when I saw you playing, it was it was a little instrument. It wasn't a, wasn't a big, because basses normally have like a very long neck. Like it's a big, it's a big instrument. Um. But it didn't seem, it seemed small. I didn't know it only had, it only had four strings, four strings. Four ukulele. strings. The strings are sort wow. of like these like udon noodle, like as thick as your pinky yeah. sort of thing. And um, yeah, I, I... And they're soft because I've played that thing. Yes. It, they're like really tender on your fingers. I've also played like a regular bass and it's a painful instrument. You got to slap it. You, you know, you're like, yeah, it yeah. kills you your fingers. Slap it. That, right, that, right, right. that U bass you had is, is like fun. It's just like a toy, but it sounds amazing. And you were very, uh, very good on it. Thank you guys. It... Wait, wait, so I just want to complete this visual. Oh, you're welcome. But I want to complete this visual. So you're late at night, you have Dash on your back and a bass ukulele and you're walking through the streets of San Francisco playing? Uh, yeah, I think the visual, I mean, because we have to paint the picture in, in words here, right? Uh, Dash was on one of those front carriers. So he was like mm. sandwiched between the bass and I. And the baby Bjorn was oh, it a baby Bjorn? I like it. It was a Bjorn. It was a Moby. It was some you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We name mm-hmm. them after rappers or characters from uh, <laughs> you know epic sagas. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but yes, and and actually, the amazing thing about it is, it is I met someone on one of my late night walks, like zombie walk. Right, you're just like one foot in front of the other. Right, right. Whatever I'm playing is keeping me awake and hopefully dash is about to fall asleep and all of a sudden i like lock eyes with you know another human uh, that's out late at night and also carrying a child and uh (laughs) and and was like "Mm, there's your venn diagram (laughs) um and so we became friends on this walk and later she joined the band as well so it turned out to be one of the most successful strategies to have our friend uh meryl join as well um and so, wow. like, to this day, when I need anything, like, it gets awkward at this point because he's nine, but I just sort of strap him to me, and then I, like, go in. Uh, and, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's time to think. way more successful than, like, random middle-aged guy with a beard walking around trying to get stuff. Oh, it's unbelievable. Cool. 
I can't even imagine. I mean, it seems like another universe, the idea of walking around unmasked, playing the bass, meditating and and talking to strangers. I mean, my God, how far we've in in San Francisco, right? Which the city has been decimated from from like a creative spirit. You know, it's like a lot of that is gone. and, And obviously even locking eyes with strangers is something that you never even do. Uh, anymore, much less bring a child out there. God. Anyway, something to look forward to because that'll come back. <laughs> Hopefully, that'll come back. Because yeah. God, we're away from that. It's kind of. Amazing. I have a Jeremy. I have a Jeremy mem- memory. So we're we're at Burning Man, and what do they call the the garbage at Moop? Mm-hmm. The garbage that goes by. Yeah. So I remember matter on the, matter the, out of place. That's what it stands for. Matter out of place. Yeah, yeah. So so there's this Moop, and it goes by that um vehicle we're on what was it the vehicle called i have a i have a terrible memory you know the the, the mary ellen Island. carter is that right the mary ellen carter so we're on a mary ellen carter a piece of moop goes by and jeremy takes off and it's in the middle of a sandstorm so he takes off <laughs> disappears literally disappears from vision and there's this big silence and everyone's like yeah 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 then he's like nothing happens and all of a sudden he comes back out of the out of darkness and he's got the moop in his head that's great i was like my first jeremy experience and i'm like wow he's a fast runner <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I hope there are no scouts in the audience because yeah. I go with the deceptively quick kind of approach. People don't really understand that I can move quickly when I need to. Exactly. But I love that that's the <laughs> initial memory. And I, I actually had a piece of that memory as well as like, um, I think the group realized there was no way I was going to come back through this like sandstorm and this fog. And so a few people jumped <laughs> off and, and almost made this like the kite string human chain right yeah Yeah. and and like i was out there in the wind and then like somebody was reeling in the kite and every i knew i was going the right direction when we started increasing in number and we made it back to the mary ellen carter and off we went wow yeah that was pretty magical i i was there on that one i mean i know you know there's various kind of trips you take on that thing but i i I remember that vividly because that's also your thing jeremy you take off to pick up garbage uh, it's just, it's just, it's one of your, one of your signature moves and, and thank God for that. You know, there's, there's a lot to fix right. in the world and, uh, there I've is. got some uh, expediency about it as well. <laughs> From what right. I remember though, that uh, the other part of that particular journey was, uh, I like to do this, uh, try to involve people and, and in the sort of performance sense. Um, and I think I had a big bag of t-shirts. Is this the same do you guys yes. recall this? Yep, okay. yep, the dominoes. Yep, yep. Um, yes. The dominoes. So we, like reached into this giant like <laughs> contractor bag full of t-shirts and I sort of asked everybody to put them on and I had stenciled uh-huh. a bunch of t-shirts with uh, double zero through double six of dominoes. And, uh, and then we all put them on and we pulled up to the bathrooms, right. right? The porta-potties. Right, porta-potty. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, That's right. Which is, uh, if there's any sort of object in the world that if you walk into and then you have no idea what's happening outside of that like <laughs> the it. porta potty is that thing i'm a very like analogical thinker metaphor um it is the like you are in a, another universe when you go in there um and so we would wait for someone to go in and uh and then we would all line up in this giant domino chain <laughs> and as soon as they open the door unbeknownst to them that domino chain wasn't there before we all fell down in a giant domino <laughs> row. 
I have a I have a video of oh, that really? of one of those. Yeah, no, yeah. You don't. Yes, I do. I'll send you the link for that. It's it was amazing. I love it, and it's so fun. And people are just wow. cracking up when they open the door. They can't believe right. it. What the hell just happened? Oh, and then magical. we all like, yay! And it worked. Like everybody was all excited. And I think the natural response from doing it, right? You like learn through doing, um, was like, people were like, that was amazing. And we all ended up like hugging it out. And then at some point we were like, this person hasn't washed their hands. They just came out of the porta potty like, oh, it's it's producing <laughs> the wrong thing. And we'd all sort of like yes. run off to do it again. Right. Um, That's right. <laughs> once again, impossible in COVID <laughs> to do anything that you just mentioned. I know. God, God damn it. It'll be back. I have, I have back. one uh, one other idea as long as we're on the Burning Man thing. I'm sure we have lots to talk yeah. about. But the, you said sure, you didn't absolutely. get to talk about it all, all that much. Um, I have uh, more recently sort of pushed into a different sort of performance piece um, that was trying to involve uh, the kiddo. We built him a, a nice uh, little box, almost like a treasure box. And uh, he could carry it around so it was like child size. And he would... Uh, be followed by a big pack of people and we would pretend like we weren't really paying attention and he would go pick somebody out in the vastness of burning man and walk up to them and sort of make eye contact and get down on a knee and open the lid of this little treasure box and, and they would sort of <laughs> peer into the box and just mounted in there was a single sort of desk bell right like a bell hop would have and yeah. and you know what is it little burner and like oh should i ring the bell you know and they would reach in, and as soon as they hit that bell, the rest of us that were following uh, the kiddo around also had desk bells, and we were palming them, and we would ring back, and it would take this moment of between a child and, and his mark, we'll say, um, <laughs> ringing a bell and then seeing how they reacted to realizing they were part of a performance piece with the bells ringing all around them from the 10 or 12 of us that all rang back when they rang. And... That's awesome. They just walked away with it with oh utter God. glee. Uh, and we, we walked around for half the day doing this. And it was it was so much wow. different than hugging somebody who's just come out of the bathroom as well. So we knew we were on the right track. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. My, my, Jeremy, yeah. you, you, ma you manufacture oh, joy. You really do. It's unbelievable. You really do. It's, it's, wait, so, so, so Dash, your son, is just walking around by himself? It, it, this was part of the piece? And he's walking around pulling a box? Was anybody like... Uh-oh, this kid's in trouble? What's going on here? Were people concerned? What was the general kind of vibe after they saw that they were in the in the piece? Yeah, the general vibe, I think, was this, uh, you know, one of the principles of Burning Man is the immediacy and sort of connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the reasons we actually bring the kiddo is, as a kid, you don't really get a chance to see adults on a playground in the same way that kids yep. do. And so... It was sort of our gift to Dash to be like, no, 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 no. Adults totally hang out on the playground all the time. It's just usually not in good family fun or it's not something that's in view. And so we want you to see that. We want you right. to have that wonder and joy and always sort of carry that through. And I think the people that uh, he picks out, you know, who knows how his brain works and why he picks out the people he does to walk up to, uh. but they want to engage. And, and if they don't, they'll, they'll sort of self-select and, and walk away. But of the people, they're interested right, to have right, that right. moment. And when they realize that it's part of a much larger moment and we're all connected um, and, and that mm -hmm. like once you associate that ring, like I assume people can't, you know, every time they hear a desk bell going forward, it takes them back to that moment. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I wonder, I, I was always so like amazed and impressed that you guys brought Dash and, and he's such a cool kid. Like 
he's basically like again back to Venn diagrams between you and Annie, right? Like this this is a magical kid that's got all of like Annie's like. I don't give a shit about anything. I'm going to I'm going to do what I want with all of like your whimsical. You know, you, you have a little twinkle in your eye and so does he obviously. And I'm just I'm so curious as how he's going to develop because this is an unusual childhood that you guys have have given him, right? Like the, this gift of of opening his eyes to this other kind of world and and how adults could like be around each other and interact. Yeah. How how is he developing? How is he like growing and and and, and can you compare him to like just like a generic kid that lives down the street and how they're different, is, is that at all possible? <laughs> that is, uh, I probably had a better answer for. This. So first of all, thank you. Um, we like anybody who's raising a kid. Uh, you're faced with the like, wait, nobody actually knows why we're on the planet or what we're doing or what the point of it all is. Uh, I have to come up with some sort of theory on the unified theory of everything, and then I have mm-hmm. to explain that to a kid. Um, right. And so being able to settle on something, what's the anchor point? There's actually a, a, a beautiful story that um, Annie and I were driving back from L.A. up to San Francisco. And uh, we had the story, we, we had the sort of conversation of, you know, if we had to write a letter, like what happened if, if we didn't make it and we had to write a letter mm. to somebody and we went, wanted to tell them how to raise our child, you know, what would we come up with? Um, and how can we keep it short and sweet and really have a framework to guide what we hope for him in the world? Um, mm-hmm. And on that journey back, uh, what we came to are just sort of, let's just start somewhere. And we came up with two tenets. One was to feed his curiosity, and the other was uh, mm. uh, to treat him with tenderness. Uh, we knew he was going to be a male child and the world would show him otherwise, and so our job was to treat him with tenderness and to feed his curiosity. And so... Wow. Using those as the basis to like dive into something like Burning Man. It's not that we're dropping him into Burning Man. We're his guide. We're his, you know, right. we help him through. And uh, yeah. if he's like, ooh, interested in that shiny thing over there, then he's no different than the rest of the community who's there. He just has parents that want to feed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. Um, well, kudos to you. Uh, it's it's. I can't wait to see him again. It's been a long time. Because uh, because you are geographically not in the Bay Area where I met you and where where I thought you were here for good. But where are you he, now? Annie and Dash are yes. between us. Yeah, we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, a beautiful college it's, town. It's a fantastic uh, spot and it's a nice place to uh, raise a family. I grew up uh, here and wow. and that's our uh, for now place. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we're people that just like to experience things and do things. And much like Annie and I came up with this uh, two tenets of how to raise a kid, we like to see things. We like to poke and prod at them. And then uh, we like to see what next. So mm-hmm. the, that's great. The other thing that strikes me uh, that I'm always surprised about, you are you are like your your profession. You've been trained as a lawyer, right? Isn't that correct? Is that crazy? No, that's not right. I, even even me saying that right now doesn't sound right. Is that right? It uh, sort of. I think that the, okay. the story that I would tell, I think, is um, I am somebody who has a great many interests, and I definitely steer towards the things that I'm interested in. Um, uh-huh. And therefore, I have this sort of story of I was interested in lots of things growing up. I was excited. I tried sports. I, yep. you know, I, I was just 
show me input and let me take it in and understand what to do with it. Um, uh-huh. And I think by the time I got to college, my the first thing that I was just like, whoa, I'm interested in this was psychology. And I was like, I think I'm just, okay. I'm either naturally inclined towards this or what I've come to discover later, I think I just fell prey to the brain wanting to study itself. So I was like into me mm-hmm. and my brain, right? And mm-hmm. um, so at some point, I just picked my head up and I was like, it's the world is so much wider than me in my head. Like, let's go see what everything has to offer and share what we have. Um, and, and then I got into like chemistry and I worked at, in cancer wow. research. And okay. I, uh, one day I love these like proverb nuggets of wisdom that like, you know, short sentences made from long experience. And I remember thinking like, Hmm, the law applies to everybody. And yet so few people know anything about the law. And like, mm-hmm. I was off on my way to law school uh, to, huh. to see what that was. And I really, um, I think the metaphor that works best to describe the way that I'm interested in the world and, and how I think is, is it's sort of like riding the New York subway. I get on a train okay. and I ride it as fast as far as I'm interested. And then I'm like, what's that one? And you step across the platform and then I ride that one mm-hmm. for a while. And then I do it again and again. And at some point I end up with the whole like New York City subway map in my head. And I think in a way that just like borrows from disciplines as I jump from one place to another. So I have Mm -hmm. a stop. One of the trains was the was the L train, we'll say the lawyer train for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I quickly was like, there's so many trains. I'm really interested in that. But but how can I take the things I learned here mix it with the science, mix it with the psychology and sort of move mm-hmm. uh, to the next. And so I jumped into sort of um, machine language, like natural language processing and machine learning and, and understanding more about uh, how we could predict outcomes in court cases and then left sort of the legal tech world and, and jumped into other spaces. The most recent one was in autonomous vehicles of all places. Um, and I think what I would have to say at this point is my storyline is basically I'm I'm so interested in things and I love to be on the cutting edge of something and then to push at it and be like, but what next? What's the next thing? Like, if this is the status quo, if this is the That's edge, great. now where? Yeah. That's awesome. There's, um, you know that, you know that saying, uh, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, mm. right? It's used, it's used in like our society uh, as like a negative connotation, but I heard a podcast, uh, and I'll, maybe I'll put it in the notes or something, but that, that's not the full saying. The full saying is actually, it's, it speaks to, it's actually good to have wide knowledge and be able to jump around and not just be so single focused and the specialist, right? Our kind of our careers encourage us to be specialists and focus on one very narrow thing. Yeah. Um, I'm similar to you. I, I don't have quite the, the breadth that you do because I think you've jumped around a lot more, but I've also been lucky enough to have the opportunity to jump around to different things and just kind of said, fuck it. Um, I don't need to have these, uh, you know, these things like dragging me down, uh, and, and kind of hit the reset button a couple of times. Nice. Um, so h- how often do you feel like you, you've, you've done, well, maybe how many times have you done that in your career? Like at, at least it sounds from that story at least two or three yeah it's probably four or five i was in a governance risk and compliance job where i was sort of leveraging the things i knew about statutory regulations and law and trying to like 
all over Worked the place. With a startup right. that spun out of Google to do something, something, and um, right. Yeah, and I keep I keep ending up in the same place. I think, and I think my interest right now is I like to help people, and I like to be that guide, yeah. right? I like to be the Jiminy Cricket. I like to be one of the characters from Wizard of Oz helping Dorothy. I like I like the I like that <laughs> role. Um, yeah. And I also really like the storyline that's like a sub storyline of I like to help an expert figure out how to get to the place where they can have a relationship. Because just because you're an expert in something, you might be the foremost roboticist in the world, but you think mm. you're selling robots and everybody else is purchasing transportation yeah. or trying to accomplish something different. And I really, mm -hmm. um, I think that's my calling right. is to, to bridge. Yeah, that's human-centered human centered design. That's that's the kind of field that I dabble in now. Nice. It's exactly that. It's like it's like bridging technology and, you know, really kind of analytical, cold things with the human element. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with psychology, like you mentioned, and, and kind of figuring out people's motivations and, and, and bridging that gap. There's a lot of people that are thinking one particular way and, and, and you know. It gets it gets messy when when those worlds collide, right? With like humans and emotions and desires clash with like API calls and you know OKRs and autonomous vehicles. <laughs> some, sometimes, some, sometimes those things are really messy. But that's very cool, Jeremy, that you're that you're doing all that. So so that's your professional, like you know, your your nine to five in a way. But then you also have all these other things that you've that you've also pursuing. That, that that can you can you share some of the more interesting ones? Yeah, or sure. I, I all of them. I, I am um, <laughs> I'm always intrigued by like areas that I come back to that I'm like, how can I be 44 years old and not know what a relationship is? Right? Like, of course, I knew at one point what a relationship is, and I could have rattled off a definition at different points of my life, but like, I've sort of come back to this. What is what does it mean to have a relationship? How how do we yep. connect? And how should I think about that? Is there is there like a framework that can guide how I um, do this in the world? Um, and what? Yep. Are you talking specifically about a human human relationship or a relationship of human to the technology, human to the world and society? Or I, I, what is specifically I love saying? that question? And I, and I would go like incredibly broad horizon with it. My relationship to anything. All of the yeah. right? You seem. You seem very broad in the scope of everything you do. And, and I like the breadth of it. And to ask that big question of like, what's a relationship? I have a relationship with my phone that seems really unhealthy where we hang out with each other mm. more than I would want, right? I have uh, a relationship with with my partner, Annie, the magical Annie Bacon. Um, <laughs> I, I have a relationship with all sorts of things, my past, my future, like concepts. But like... Uh, Here's one way to dive into it at like the human uh, to human level is I, I love storytelling. Storytelling is is like the jam. It's like the vehicle to like share that thing that's tucked away inside your head with somebody else. Right. If I can open up a question by like talking to you such that it's in your head now, uh, like what's the first thing you remember in your life? Um, all of a sudden, like, boom, there's like magic thing that was in my head that's now in yours. Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. But I think that the key for me is if I come from this incredibly broad perspective and then I make it about humans, um, I like stories and movies do that, right? So a movie like a Wes Anderson or a, 
one of his movies specifically is what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about the relationship. And when I watch a Wes Anderson movie, I'm never actually that interested in any of the individual characters. They're okay, but mm-hmm. they're kind of caricatures. I'm always interested in the intersection of two characters. Uh, what is their relationship, right? So there's like a house full of Tenenbaum kids and like they're, <laughs> they're all their thing, but what's their relationship together? And so the, the, the way that I've been visualizing this lately is like, just like draw a line in your mind. It's just single line, however far it extends, put a dot on the end of it and, and put my name in it, Jeremy. And then we'll put your name on the other end of it, right? And so like, those are mm-hmm. our two entities with this line connecting us. And then at the midway point of that, let's draw like a big circle. And that's our relationship. What is that? Do we feed that? Uh, what are we doing to make sure that that grows? Are we caring for it like we would a child? Are we taking care of it like we would ourselves? Does it have a bedtime? Like, what <laughs> what is that relationship? And what does it look like between any two entities? Uh, and that, to me, like, we all think of, like, I, I don't know. I have this thought that, like, everybody thinks they're the protagonist in their own life and everybody else is just an extra, right? But, like, what if it's, like, the relationship that's the real character? This, like, big Whoa. circle on the line between us. What, what do they need? What do they want? And like, h- how are we behaving? Um, it is like a really fun way to start to explore this. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, there's a, there's like a Japanese way of looking at, you know, uh, in Western society, again, it's, it's very much like, who are you? What kind of a person are you? Well, you are X, Y, and Z, right? And it's usually like an inward thing. In Japan, they believe that you are not really, that you have many selves and many faces. And a lot of it depends on who you are with. The person you are, to your boss is different than the person you are with your home or your friends, right? So like, who the hell are you? I think you're, you're, you're totally talking about that, right? Like you are a combination of who you are with relationships and maybe just a relationship with yourself also, right? Like how you are depends on the mood and the location and the person you are a burning man is not the same person you are, you know, on the BART, right? Or on the subway. Right. Um, you're, you're defining like a model. You find yes. this model where the relationship is a character, and it's so funny because you got two people, and I'm just exploring this idea Please. for a second. You have two people, and in the middle is is their relationship. That's a character. You add a third person, mm. and then that thing in the middle is different. Yes, it's different with those three people than it is with just two. So that's another character, and yes. to model your thought process around this, like how much should I nurture this? How much should I, you know, leave this alone for a little bit? How much? You know what I mean? Like that, I, I can't even process what that does in terms of uh, being a thought provoking um, way to spend your time. I just, it's pretty amazing. I, I love it as a thought experiment and it's just something that really has my attention and my interest. And as I said, it's, it's something that, um, it's kind of like a stone that you throw and it's skipping across the water. Uh, relationship meant something as it hit the water and then I forgot what it meant or I just assumed I knew what it meant and then it hits again and it hits again and I just keep revisiting it and this is one that I'm just I'm revisiting at the moment one of the earlier stone skips where it hit and rippled um, would take us back to the conversation at Burning Man and I'm on top of three stories of scaffolding on on top of a bus and I'm writing a letter to my unborn son uh, and I'm giving him my theory of this is how I see the relationship between two people with this thing in the middle that is the entity that is their relationship. And then I tried to, in a letter, describe this to him and be like, now that there's a third human that's coming into this circle, Mm. it's now going to be my relationship to Annie. And then 
he'd be the third point of the triangle. So there's all sorts of these visuals that are yeah. swirling. And then I think you hit on it, Nikki, is that, is that at the center is the relationship that more than two people have. So if you're part of a big crew of people, what is that relationship? Yeah. If you're part of a community, what is that relationship? Um, it, it starts to, to get beyond the scope of like what I can draw on a diagram or really understand, but, I'm, but I love pushing at that boundary and trying to understand more about it. Yeah, that's fascinating. That is, it's fast. So that it makes me think. It makes me think of. I know this sounds weird and is probably a strange analogy, but Isaac Asimov is foundation stories. There was psychohistory, which is the study of you know human societies, and you're you're describing something which is making me think like not that you can you know quantify human relationships, but having a model. And modeling it in in some way, this is potentially an example of a way you can model human relationships, is a fascinating concept. And you, I, I wonder if you could apply mathematics to it, um, even if you were creating artificial things and they had a relationship. Just it, It's just a very powerful tool that I think could be applied to many different areas. Well, I bet I'm you, sorry, I bet I'm you, I'm getting all abstract here. <laughs> I bet you Facebook is working on some kind of a tweak to the social graph to kind of model this and, Ugh, and, monet, and monetize it. So don't you worry, Nikki, somebody's on it. <laughs> so, so Jeremy, one of the things you mentioned there was a prompt, I believe. Yes. So if we return if if to uh, my interest in um, being able to tell a story and taking something and putting it inside somebody else's head or having them do that to me, um, I, I, I love this concept and uh, I would say one of my superpowers is just like recognizing that like I don't have the answers and but I ask really good questions that's like my jam and I can like understand myself in that context uh, and one of the questions that I've asked people for years uh, is is what is the first thing you remember in your life as a I'll like walk up to strangers and ask them this question. Like if, if the first thing in our little circle between us uh, diagram is me asking you your first memory, uh, I, I'm frankly shocked by the number of people that there have been four in the thousands of times I've done this that, that are like, no. And everybody else was like, wow, that's a neat question. Let me jump in. Hmm. Um, and wow. Wow, that's it's it's a fun and you've collected those answers. Yes. Those, this isn't just a, a, a fun exercise. You actually took it super seriously. I did. I I've uh, I've been blessed with a pretty good memory. And so what I like to do is I like to ask people throughout the day. I like to remember what they said, and then I write them down at night. And I've uh, figured out how to collect first memories in this way, and uh, and. I'm putting the final touches on pushing out a project into the world, uh, the first memory project, uh, in which I am going to showcase the first 1,000 first memories that I've collected <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a book, wow. in, a, in a big collection. That is so cool. Um, wow. Are you, still, are you still doing this, even though you're getting ready to publish? Are you, are you going to be doing this for the rest of your life, or you're kind of done? That's a really project? great question, and it takes me down the route of... Well, first of all, I'll say I'm going to be doing it. I'll answer your question. Like, absolutely, the, the art of doing this right, and figuring out something uh, led me to a place of excitement where I'm excited to stay on that train. And if we go back to the New York City subway train metaphor, I think what I really love doing at this point is if I'm going to jump off a train and get on a different train, I like to figure out like how I can give that train the biggest push or make sure everybody on it knows that they can 
carry this project forward if they're interested. Um, because I have to say, I'm compelled to oh. answer this. <laughs> I have a first memory. Do you have a first memory, Tony? <clears throat> Would you share it? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it's the first one, but I have one that, that I, 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 maybe not sequentially my first, but something really early on, you know, I, I'd have to really think about it. But yeah, Nikki, I'd love to hear yours. Well, okay, so I'm compelled to answer this, even though we didn't quite ask. I, I hope I'm not being too forward. Well, you're going to have to listen to it anyway. <laughs> so I remember peeing in my bedroom. And when my mom came and asked me what happened, I told her that the dog did it. And then she went and smelled it. And then she smacked me for lying. <laughs> or she disciplined me in some way. I forget what it was. <laughs> but I, I was like, that's like that's like first memory. That is. Thank you for sharing. First of all, um, making space to ask the question, and then it stirs up lots of different things for lots of people. And so I just want to appreciate yeah. um, that your answer to that. Um, the, thank you. The, the natural follow up is, um, how do you tell the difference between a child's pee and a dog's pee uh, by mm. smell? <laughs> I think um, the smell may have been now that okay. I'm a parent. I think the dog was probably not in the area, and she just deduced that I, I did it. You know, mm. I think it was more along those lines because that's exactly how that's, I would do it. Okay, brilliant. I, I was going like this asparagus route, but I didn't get there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, have you have you done any like analysis on like? themes with the thousands of data points that you have because i would imagine like peeing and like you know potty training is probably something that's heavily represented i would imagine um uh -oh. yeah uh -oh. like i wonder like you know have you <laughs> no. have you done no. any uh this is wonderful the, the, one of my favorite things about uh, stories and collections specifically is uh, we're so good. We're like pattern recognition monkeys, right? Like what is the pattern right. that stands out when you get yes. something big? Um, I always thought it was the highlights magazine that really like drove that, like what's on the front, what's on the back and what's different. Can you tell? Um, right. But like, it's just part of who we are. If you ask people to compare two things, they're like, Oh, I'm in. Right. And, uh, I've seen so many patterns and, and part of the project is this like, what how much do i want to share of the patterns and how much do i want people to trip over them themselves uh mm -hmm. if they're compelled mm -hmm. uh i just realized that kind of what i'm doing with the project is i'm extracting something that's hidden away inside of all of our heads and then i'm yeah. making that invisible thing visible by putting it in a collection and 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 maybe for the first time you're now able to like sit down with this book as it's on the you know tank on the toilet in, in your bathroom and and you can read a certain number of first memories and then start to see the patterns that connect them. And it, it's just not something that was visible or there before. Um, and I'm really intrigued by that. And because I started seeing all these patterns, I'm like, oh man, now, now I have patterns locked away in my head. I'm trying to like draw all the first memories out, but now the patterns are in there. So it, it was right. the logical conclusion was, how can I push this out in a format uh, that others can consume and then I've set up mm -hmm. sort of this two pathways. If, if you're inspired to share your first memory or collect from others or have that conversation, there's a place that you can go and sort of submit those. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and if you see patterns in this first memory collection, there's a, a different place that you can go to submit that as well. 
And, and what I oh, so you can like put it into the right location into the into the slot that best applies to your thought. Yeah, I, uh, that... in in the uh, tech nerd parlance, there are two URLs that you could go to, right? And and one lets you uh, submit first memories. Got it. And uh, and the other the patterns that you see. And, and what I realized to to come back to the long answer to your question, Nikki, is that I think. The, the project's goal is now, can I get to a million first memories? And it's not, can I, can, can, oh. can we get to a million first memories? Oh, I, right. I collected a th- at thousand. Sc- memories at scale. Right. right. I collected a thousand right. by myself, but if there are a few people that are also interested in it and they collect a few and it snowballs, what we end up with is how can we turn a thousand into a million? Yeah. And then the goal that I've set is, uh, what, what can we do to like help that along? And, and th- this book that I'm putting out, Initial Imprint, is, is really the first step on that path. It's a milestone uh, to get us towards a million. And once it hits a million, like what's the celebration? How do we have those magical moments? The, the bell ringing at Burning Man and it's all reverberating and, and it, it makes us think that we're connected. I think what I want to do is just open up this million memory data set and have it be this primordial soup that anybody can use yes. for any purpose. Um, I mean, your interest in like machine learning and like, you know, analyzing big data, it, it's basically looking for patterns, yeah. right? It's, it's, that could be used for something magical from a psychological perspective. Obviously you have multiple first memories and you can't possibly know which is your first, but the one that you want to articulate, the one that you want to verbalize, the one that mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, it speaks yeah. to something about yeah. your personality or, or, or something in there. It may it may not be the absolute first memory, right. but it's the one that stuck in my mind, the one yeah. I like to tell. Just and it it takes us down neat uh, offshoots uh, of the conversation, right? I, I'm a big fan of sort of what's different between humans and computers, right? What is my relationship uh, to humans and to computers, and how are they different from each other? And if we ask a computer what it knows first, it it's not like oh, I don't know, like it's something, right? It, it, there's like a list. You go back into the database and you, and you spit it out and and we are like, I don't know, I was four maybe, but I don't know if that was first. Like we suck at it, but it's amazing to see the things that people bring out and what they remember. And I think that one of the impetuses to like keep going at this is memory is drifting. Like I don't yep. remember anyone's phone number anymore. The phone numbers in my head are like the ones to like order pizza when I was a child or like my family, like friends. Uh, I store them in the robot. No, that's in my absolutely pocket, right. Right. And so yep. if memory's drifting that way, at some point I'll ask somebody, what's the first thing you remember? And they'll pull out their device and they'll show me every picture from the moment they were born forward on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's their memory. Um, yeah. and so this is really like a time capsule of what people say they remember right now. And, mm-hmm. and can we have that as a nice time capsule? And, and then like, I think it's brilliant. I, I poke fun at myself. It, it could also just be a time capsule of what people say to get rid of, some stranger that comes up and is like, what's your first memory, man? Um, and, and that's really what this is. Right? <laughs> while, while playing a ukulele right. uh, bass guitar <laughs> with a child <laughs> stuck to his chest. That's great. Oh, it's so great. All right. So, so when is, uh, when is, when is that going to come out? Johnny? Uh, Any the book? I mean, everything is so easy these days, right? You can like put it up on Amazon. Yeah. They can like, Print yeah, on demand. So done. I have a version of it that is is uh, in its final stages of editing, and I just haven't like told people where to find it yet. Uh, I think with this new focus on being able to get to uh, a million first memories, and that being the goal, and this being a milestone on the way, I want to sort of roll it out that way. Um, and so 
right now, if we're like name dropping, it's like a bit.ly link that I could give out that could that people could go to. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's uh, bit.ly uh, slash first memory project. And uh, you can go there and uh, it'll Whoa. give you a place cool. to, to start to interface with the project and, and I'll keep growing it from there. All right. Uh, we'll put those in the show notes as well. So you can expect at least six or seven uh, clicks on that. Two of them from from me and Nick. <laughs> what, what is this episode fourteen or something? Uh, or it's it? either this is fifteen, I believe. This is fifteen, so we'll have fifteen people hitting that link. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, who knows? This is one of these. It's going to catch on one of these days, Nikki. All right, so that's super cool, Jeremy, and I'm and I'm excited for that. Let me flip the tables on you, and and what was your first memory? Oh yes. Um, my first memory is, uh, is, is like a body memory. I remember being scared by a bearskin rug, uh, that was in the basement mm. uh, of my aunt's house. And it, it was that like quintessential, not fight or flight, but there's that middle one, the freeze where I see the like teeth and the head of the bear and, and just sort of froze. Um, and, and that pressed the record button for me. That That's my earliest wow. trace of the stone skipping sort of memory metaphor and, and i'd like to think that i just i'm interested in what everybody else remembers and it's probably a way to like mm -hmm. get over the fear of the bear thing it's fantastic um the thread in all of this and you've mentioned it already is this whole idea of storytelling mm -hmm. right and how how powerful that is how it unites us how and and one of the things I did to prepare for this is um, I was listening to the the story that that is available on Spotify that you recorded, uh, the Wind in the Willows, yeah. I believe it's called. Correct. And oh my God, it is it is so great. I've only gotten through chapters one and two, uh, but but uh, let me just say a couple of things on it. Number one, well, let me ask you first: How did you pick that story of all of all the stories in the world? So, so basically, hold on, let me just back up a little bit. Jeremy somehow decided to record a book reading uh, and he's put it up on Spotify and you can listen to one chapter at a time. And it's a, it's a kid's book, I guess. But, but obviously there's lots of stuff in there that's really heady and it's about, uh, you know, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm detecting some adult themes in there already, uh, as most good stories are, right? You can be, you can listen to these in many different levels. Uh, but you have this wonderful voice that you read and, you know, you it, it's just it's a great whimsical book with all these funny words. Onion sauce. Like there's a there's a there's <laughs> you yell onion sauce in chapter one and I, I can't wait. So. Uh, so, yeah. So why did you choose that book? Yeah, uh, I chose that book. Actually, it uh, it belonged to my mother who uh, passed away about a year and a half ago. And it was uh, one of those like life moments where it arcs and you're like, OK, the the child has become the adult. And, and one of the things that I think mm. connects us all, regardless of the stage that we're in in life, is being read to and having that connection, mm. having something uh, in auditory form conveyed to us and we're coming up with images in our head. And uh, it's something that I read to her in sort of her final days. And it, it's one of those books that I picked off the shelf that had her name on the inside of it. And so it's wow. this nice, really old copy and it connected us together uh, in a way that was just kind of powerful and how I spent uh, some of the last days with her. And so mm. it's it's got a really profound connection in that way. Um, it's an amazing story. And I was like, I think I would like to like partly honor my mother and partly honor this thing that 
we all love, which is being read to. And I was like, I'm going to read this book aloud, uh, which is kind of a big Uh thing in our family. Annie and I are always reading aloud to each other and, um, and, and with Dash as well. And, um, and I was like, I think I can do it on a mass scale. And then that was one of those like New York city subway trains where I was like, I've never actually recorded myself doing an audio book. How would one do that? What's the program? Uh And, And I eventually got it to the place where, it's like, all right, I'm going to read this, and uh, and then I'm going to release it, and and I think I sent a note around to sort of network of friends yep. and said, yep, it's a pandemic, man, this sucks. Like we're all at home, and like, what are things that you absolutely love to do when you're at home? And I think being read to is is one of them, and and so I blasted it out, and um, that that was sort of where it came from, and and what I was hoping to to help out uh, with. Um. It's beautiful. It really is. It's beautiful. so cool. Nick, did you get a chance to listen to it at all? Yeah, I think I'm on the fourth. Okay. So so one of the things that I was thinking, Jeremy, tell me if this is a crazy idea. And Nick, you tell me if this is a crazy idea. But what if we took Jeremy's narration, beautiful narration, and we made a movie out of it? So so Jeremy talked. Yeah, so he's talking throughout, and we just acted out, just the same way we did the Quentin Tarantino thing, where it's just very rough, very like stupid cuts. We just, I, I have like a black furry thing. I could be Mr. Mole if that's okay. And, you know, as you're kind of reading this, you know, I could, I could here I am like trying to cross a river and I'm getting splashed with water, right? And and Nick, I think you'd be a very good river rat, uh, if I'm not, yeah. if I may say. Yeah, I love um, it. And then we just play this out. And then, again, I'm only in chapter two, so I don't know what other characters. I'm sure lots of other characters get introduced. But I think everyone could pop in and be a character. Uh, We already need – it was an otter that was also introduced in chapter one who who Rob Longnecker is like an otter. So he could be – he's a natural (laughs) fit for that. Um, And, you know, and I think think just like crude like acting in front of like a selfie stick and like – you know, like some rough drawings. And I love, again, all the words, like all these interesting... It, I'm guessing the author is British or something because there's something unusual about the words that they use, right, Jeremy? Yes, I would believe uh, that that is correct. So all of these amazing words that like pop up every now and then, you like it's a full screen takeover and that word just becomes like this thing that moves around and it's like... Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it as I'm listening to this thing, just how fun it would be to act this out. And maybe we abridge it a little bit. We condense it. We don't have to have every single thing in there because there was like a rabbit that was introduced in scene one that seemed to take the flow away. But maybe there's like a, a you know, like, like a radio <laughs> version of it where it's condensed and we just we put on stupid outfits and we act in front of this. Jeremy, your thoughts Se- on this? Select scenes. I, I select am scenes. so in. I am an excitement. Uh, yes, man. Yes. Um, Great. I, I think that probably like anything it's it's a step to the larger project which i know you were on the precipice of articulating and i'll take a stab at at picking up what you were putting in my head there and that is uh for our return to burning man we will take uh pillows and blankets and uh and this book and we will descend upon someone and and give them the place to lay down and then read it and act out to them uh what's happening (laughs) to give them story time vibes that's amazing. Yes, I, you know what I'm envisioning. I'm, bring, I'm I'm envisioning us bringing pillows and blankets, setting it up in a random spot, setting up glowing lights, right? And we just string them up right in the spot, and we just create this magical little forest, just by holding little poles with lights, 
and then you have people sitting on uh, sitting around and just joining in that's great okay we're totally in for this done so we'll do that done and done that's exciting. So be on the lookout for that. There's a hot new project. And I'll put the link to the Spotify book as well if people want to get started with listening to it. But it's going to be great. Uh, so I'm going to listen to the book. Jeremy, I'll contact you. Uh, I'll see if I can find like an abridged uh, or a, or a, or a ebook version of it so that maybe I can cut and paste some sections of it. And we'll have to like figure out how to like condense it. Uh, but I'm already very excited about this. This is, this is going to be a really good project. <laughs> So Nick, imagine what you would look like as a river rat, please, uh, and a. Uh, I mean, I, I, my, my, I'm growing my hair out. That's it's great. Like, it's crazy now. Yeah, but it's also like contemporary, and right? I'll get it nice and wet, and I'll be like yeah. a wet river rat. Yeah. So like you know, there's a thing where he talks about there's like a, like that basket where he puts all the food. What did he call? He has a name for it. it it's like a pretty name for it, like a lunch basket or something. That'll be like a Yeti cooler. You know, it's like <laughs> everything has like a contemporary feel to it, but it'll still be like a, basically a story of a mole going around. And disc- my, my guess is, I again, only in chapter two, is that this mole who has been very insulated in his little world is going out and he's discovering and he's meeting and he's just the world is unfolding before him. So to me, it's like a story of courage. The world is scary out there. You're going to meet interesting people. You're going to meet some people that are going to help you. You're going to meet some people that are not so helpful. But it's all about like sharing and 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 being open to different ideas and, and different experiences. Jeremy, is that my getting my getting the hang of this? You are totally on target, Tony. Um, I, I like and that's and isn't and isn't that Burning Man? It, by the way, is Burning Man. <laughs> I would say that we're back <laughs> to the place where uh, we can identify with the characters and they, and they learn by doing or they learn by watching others. And um, you know, isn't that us? Um, yeah, I am about to. Um, but you know, sorry, go ahead, Nick. As I as I read uh, the rest, as I listen to the rest of the story, I'm going to be thinking about the relationships between the characters, not so much just the characters. That's right. That's that's, that's right. Wonderful. In fact, I think it, it's going to shape everything I read from now on. Honestly, yeah. Because even though if an author might not be uh, cognizant of this concept or model it in the way that you've modeled it, it's probably going to come out. Right. Well, if it's if it's a tool I, that uh, works, right, it should be useful. So we should be able to overlay it on the yeah. relationships we've had in our lives, or the the, the ones that will come, and uh, certainly the relationships in books. And um, I'm interested to keep exploring this topic uh, with the, both of you as well, and and see if it, yeah. if it resonates or not. So there's a couple of things also that um, so I got one kid who's about to go into college. Wow in September, right? And, and again, we, we've all been living through COVID. We've all been locked in our houses away from people, from human connections, from those relationships that, that are so important that you mentioned. I have another kid who's going to start high school who should have started this year, but now is going into 10th grade. You know, they're both apprehensive about leaving the house, right? One of them's got a little more courage than the other. But like this book and like this first chapter talks about exactly like Mr. Mole has been in quarantine essentially you know, and he's got to get out into the world and, and things are going to open up and, and being courageous to, to open up to others and forming these relationships, I think is just like a really, really important book for our times. And I, I hope I hope it doesn't take like a like a dive and it turns into a really shitty book, Jeremy. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I trust your judgment that it's only going to get better. 
uh, even though <laughs> only in chapter two. I, I have uh, I've recorded exactly one audiobook, and I was very intentional with uh, yes. being that emotional Sherpa for the people that were going to dive in and, and come along for the journey. So uh, it's so great. So thank you for that, and uh, yeah, look for a uh, an amazing amazing project in the works. Uh, so yeah, so we're we're kind of uh, wrapping up here on on time. Anything else, Jeremy, that you want to talk about that we didn't mention? Sure. I, I uh, Because my mother came up, I, I wanted to just like share yeah. a, a memory from my childhood. We talked a little bit about uh, intentionally raising a, a child and, and sort of thoughts on that. Uh, and, and sometimes it takes a little space and distance before you realize exactly how unique or special your upbringing was. Um, and then you're like, but did that prepare me for the world or not? Um, mm. But I, there was this moment of... Um, just realization that every night before we had dinner, uh, we would hold hands. It was my younger sister, uh, myself, and, and my two parents uh, in, in our family. And we would hold hands and we would sing, we're the Mulder family, the happy Mulder family. We're the Mulder family, the happy Mulder family. And then we would eat and it was i was so normalized to it and, and i was kind of shocked that that was not something that everybody did when they ate uh right um the looks you get in the college dormitory where you're trying to hold someone's hand and sing that um they're like no no that's a you thing man uh that's, that's but, a you thing um, i love that and i i like to think that uh the the gift that uh, came through my family with that is, is that you know, people used to have these like crests, the family crest once upon a time or so, some way yeah. to like, you know, our last names are kind of that in a, in a certain way. And um, mm -hmm. I, I just what I wish is that everybody had their like family theme song. And so, um, you know, for the folks that, that are going to listen here, I think it, you're I'm throwing down a challenge. This is the last of my like I'm lobbing an idea from my head to yours. And, and I hope you take it up and, and come up with <gasps> your family song. Um so get this, uh, in this, in this platform that we use, uh, Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a feature where I can give you a link and it's basically like anchor.fm slash the intellectuals or something. It's really easy. And you can record a voicemail, which we can just play on the air. So Johnny, uh, Johnny left us some of his signature Johnny jokes. I think, I think we can use this platform for exactly that. So we can share it in the. In the notes, click on this link, record your family song. So that's a challenge. I love that idea, Jeremy. Um, that also reminds me of a couple of years ago, you and Tal did this incredible thing where you recorded ringtones for everyone. Can you talk about that? Because it's fucking amazing. Sure. This was, uh, thanks. <laughs> we, we had so much fun doing it, right? Anytime you can like line that yeah. project up that, that you can like see what the end result might be like and you can have fun on the journey. Uh, it was magical. So we locked ourselves in the studio and we were like, you know, what? all these ringtones that like go off are like notifying us. None of them really like appealed to me. And what if I had a personalized ringtone that was like, you know, singing about me? Or what if I had a whole like community's worth of them? And anytime my phone rang and it was Tony Khan, it would play Tony's ringtone on my phone. And so we started from that place and just thought through the loved ones we have in our life. And we made a song for, I don't know, 50 or a hundred people and shared it out. Yep. And they were absolutely uh, 
there were high points, there were low points, but in aggregate, it was it was magical uh, how well it landed. Wow, wow! Uh, it was it was incredible, and I actually have it right here. I have the collection of them right here. I'm gonna play. So when I call you, right? The idea here is my my specific ringtone rings in your phone, yeah. Nick. Right? Okay. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. here, let me let me let me play for you my my ringtone. And they're all in Google Drive, and so they're all easily accessible right now. So when when I call um, Tal, for example, who's got it set up, this this plays. Here we go. Ridiculous. There's, there's like, you know, I'm scrolling. There's all of these. Like, look, all of these. So here's, uh, you want to hear Jeremy's? When Jeremy calls, yeah. when Jeremy calls Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So then, like, so that you know, so they basically put out like instruction book for iOS and Android, how you get your, how you get these ringtones into people's contacts. So when they call you, you can hear it. Okay, so here you go. Let me see if I can find Jeremy. Where are you? Okay, this is Jeremy's ringtone. That I think that's where I found out you were a lawyer. I'm heartbroken just thinking of the possibility. Yeah, so this was from 2016, Nikki. I don't think you were in the picture uh, at this point. But Johnny is. Johnny's got one. Want to hear Johnny's? Yeah. Okay, here's Johnny's ringtone. And so does Jeannie, by the way. So here's Johnny's. amazing you get the idea it was genius it was it was the i mean it's i'm, I'm still every time ali calls me uh i get i get a i get a little thing from Ali, and it's 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 just this is going to be forever what an amazing gift wow that's great i love it all right yeah this is ali real quick i can't help That is beautiful. It's just I love, I love how they worked in a sense of urgency. She'll know if you're screaming. Yeah. So I, I'm literally walking around the supermarket, and that's and that thing starts blasting. Right. I'm on st- standing in line to pay for something, and you get the funny that's looks, great. and I say, "Yeah, what are you looking at?" 
Nice. My damn, that's my cool ringtone. Yeah, so that was wonderful, Jeremy. Thank you. And you are, uh, you know, you sing, and you obviously you did you wait, did you play anything? Did you play an instrument? Or is it just all I think tall? I was playing instruments on those as well. Yeah. There's. Uh, oh my god, it's so yeah, good. And I sing on a bunch of them as well. So, so good. And, and would you like so me good. to sing? Maybe I'll play one more that you remember fondly that you that you sang on. on? Um, I have a, like we we borrowed from famous tunes occasionally. I feel like there's a Rob Mann uh song or ringtone on there rock that man was probably ripping out the falsetto on all right here we go here's Ooh. here's rob man ringtone two that's what it's called and but there is no ringtone one so ponder that here we go Okay. Oh my God, that was incredible. Didn't see that coming. Usually, I go with the baritone, but that was uh, that that felt like the right one for uh, the audio experience here. Oh goodness! Oh goodness! Um. So back to my question at hand, Jeremy. Sorry, did we finish your parting words? Did Did I just take it on on a crazy tangent there? You You asked him any other topics you'd like to discuss, and we discussed a couple topics. So we can ask again if there's anything more he'd like to discuss. Yeah, we we did the Happy Mulder Family song, and I think that's what uh, sort of sent us down that pathway. Um, I think that. Uh, Are you still doing the Jeremy uh, the Mulder Family song? By yes, the way, we like rip it out still... every now and then, uh, which is great. Okay. Um, my right. sister that's and scary. I sometimes I'll call, and that'll sort of be like the sung ringtone to her. Um, right. No, but even uh, with your with your immediate yeah, family, yes. with Annie and Dash, yeah. do you have? Yep, you still so you still do it's that. It's the exact same song, except at the end we we sort of like look each other in the eye in a very knowing way, and we say, "And now with bacon," because that's Annie Bacon's <laughs> last name, um, which you know just totally works. Oh, that's great! That's great! Oh, that's great! Oh, that's so wonderful. Oh. There's something to be said about just like being thankful for what you have and and just taking the time to appreciate it and slow the fuck down. Uh, and if you can do it in a rit- right. in a ritualistic manner, particularly before a meal, God, it's it's just really magical. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, so that's it. I was Nikki. You got any la- any last questions for Jeremy? I am so happy we did this, and I'm really amazed. Uh, I've I've always been amazed by 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 Jeremy and Annie and Dash, and it was so nice to get to to know Jeremy better. Just in hearing about his life, his projects, his fascinating mind, it was it was a really wonderful experience. So thank you very much, Jeremy, for joining us. Thanks, Nick. This was uh, absolutely outstanding, and I and I think. Uh, I did think of one other thing. So this will be the like, yeah. the like, right? We'll, we'll cap it yeah, off yeah. with this. You've got to just be your authentic self, be vulnerable, be willing to be humiliated, like say something on a podcast that someone will hear and then bring it up to you again. And and I was like, mm. what have I said on this podcast that would be that moment? And then I was like, I'm going to architect that moment right here. So I mentioned that <laughs> I was an, an, an analogical like thinker. I love metaphor. I'm always like, okay, what can I learn about this? And then what's the big concept behind that? And does it apply to this other discipline? Uh, just because I learned it on the L train, will it work on, right? Um, 
and so the the one that I thought someone's going to come up to me at some point and be like, wait, were you that guy that during puberty, uh, you were sort of a late bloomer? And I, and I, oh yeah, I was, I was a late bloomer. And, and so I asked, you know, looking around and sort of seeing my other friends change in a bit and wondering when my turn was going to come. And, uh, and I just remember like noticing that I didn't really have the same like muscle tone or like I didn't have any leg hair and wow, why am I? my body's really different than other people's bodies. And when, when's this going to happen for me kind of moment? Um, and, and around the same time, a friend uh, broke his arm. And, and uh, poor fella uh, broke his arm, right? And and at some point, he I was there pretty close to the time that he, he got his cast off, uh, you know, weeks later. Mm. And uh, the light bulb went off when I saw all the like thick, black, dark hair on his arm as he got the cast off because your hair just like grows underneath this cast because there's nothing to like your shirt's not wiping oh. against it it's not disappearing and and so right you know metaphor man was like bing so i actually prepared a uh to to use this knowledge in a in a, in a way where i went to the uh drawer that had my tube socks in it right and i cut the bottom <laughs> the feet off of the tube socks and i wore the just the <laughs> uppers of the tube socks on my legs during the like pubescent years to be like how high up uh, well, how well, high were, up did you know ladies? this is like the 80s so like it was it would come over the knee if They're i wanted to right um wow. and, and i wore those on my legs just absolutely certain that when i pulled them off at some point i was gonna have like thick black hair um <laughs> And uh, and that feels like the right story to share, such that somebody will call me out wow. on my, my two socks. And uh, wait, so did it work? Oh, no, of course not. But God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was really curious if that would work. Because <laughs> if so, oh, I would put some two socks over my if face. Because I still, I wish I had a beard like right. you, Jeremy. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. God, Just... still waiting for my for my day when I hit my puberty. Right. <laughs> yeah. If. My son if has it a worked, nice beard. It, it wouldn't have been puberty. Uh, he's probably like sub <laughs> heading to that. Um, but that's, yes, I, that's <laughs> that's the the story that I would share about learning from one discipline and trying to apply it uh, tangentially to uh, my benefit somewhere else. And uh, and you win some, and and you don't get leg hair on some, right? I I think there's something that's about right. experimenting and just trying things out, seeing if they work, and just going you know head first into shit. You don't have to read about it. Just do right, it. and you also find out where your line is, right? I'm like, no, I'm not going to break my legs mm -hmm. to get hairy legs. I don't want to cast on my legs. <laughs> That's just not what I'm in for. I'll get there. Right. Right. That's a little intense. Right. That's a little intense. Well, thank you once again, Jeremy, for joining us. This has been absolutely dreamy. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, everybody.